بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم we continue the discussion on the chapter of the book of salah uh, and the prescribed times for salah from umdat al ahkam and we have reached we we already concluded an important introduction regarding the prescribed times of salah now we're going to go to the narrations uh, and this is narration 45 uh, an aisha radiyallahu anha qalat لقد كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يصلي الفجر فيشهد معه نساء من المؤمنات متلفعات بمروطهن ثم يرجعن إلى بيوتهن ما يعرفهن أحد من الغلس نعم عائشة بناريتر is أم المؤمنين the mother of the believers, may Allah be pleased with her, uh, anha, and we uh, spoke about her biography uh, in hadith number three. In this narration, she says that she used, that the Messenger وسلم, used to offer the Fajr prayer, and some believing women covered with their veiling sheets used to attend the Fajr prayer with him, then they would return to their homes unrecognized because of what? There is uh, missing in the translation of the hadith here. Because of ghalas. Because of ghalas. Ghalas is the mixing of the daylight, the break, the daybreak light with that of the night with with that of the night and the darkness uh, is predominant the darkness is still predominant this is the meaning of ghalas mixing of the break day light uh, with that of the night, uh, with the darkness being predominant. So, here Aisha, Umm al-Mu'mineen, radiyallahu ta'ala anha, makes it clear that the Prophet sallallahu used to pray the Fajr, and that this, therefore, was in an early time, in an early time, to the extent that the believing woman who attended the prayer, they would return to their homes covered with their veiling sheets. None would know them because of the predominance of the dark, meaning is it is still early Fajr time. So, so this hadith therefore emphasizes the fact that the Prophet ﷺ used to do the Fajr at its early time. At its early time. The Fajr, the true Fajr, is that which breaks the darkness. Is known as Al-Fajr al-Sadiq. The true Fajr is that which breaks the darkness because uh, 
it extends from the north to the south and connects with the horizon and there is no darkness afterwards and there is no darkness afterwards this is the true Fajr this is the true Fajr so as to differentiate it from the false Fajr so as to differentiate it from the false Fajr the false Fajr differs from the true Fajr in three things first the false Fajr is longitudinal meaning it goes up words longitudinally the second it is not connected with the horizon it is not connected with the horizon because there is darkness between it and between the horizon there is darkness the third difference is that it dissipates and goes away it dissipates and goes away this is the third <coughs> yes the second benefit from this hadith is the permissibility for women to attend Salat al-Fajr in congregation with the condition that there is no potential fitna affliction due to their presence in the congregational prayer and the next benefit is the hastening of the woman who attend this congregational prayer under these circumstances is to return to their home during the dark period and from the benefits of this hadith is that the woman if she goes out she covers and veils herself because this is more protective of her these are the benefits from this hadith now we move to the next hadith so therefore in conclusion what is the main important conclusion we uh, we uh, were able to understand from this uh, from this uh, narration is that the fajr prayer the prophet ﷺ used to do that at early Fajr time at early Fajr time which is known as Ghalas as Ghalas now we move to the next uh, Hadith Hadith 46 عن جابر بن عبد الله رضي الله عنهما قال كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يصلي الظهر بالهاجرة والعصر والشمس والشمس نقية والمغرب إذا وجبت 
والعشاء أحيانا وأحيانا إذا رآهم اجتمعوا عجل وإذا رآهم أبطأوا أخر والصبح كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يصليها بغلس حديث جابر رضي الله تعالى عنه that he said that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم used to pray the ظهر بالهاجرة at midday والعصر والشمس نقية and the عصر at time when the sun was still bright was still bright والمغرب إذا وجبت and the مغرب after sunset sunset at its stated time sunset والعشاء أحيانا وأحيانا and the عشاء at a variable time Whenever he saw the people assembled for Aisha prayer, he would pray earlier. And if the people delayed, he would delay the prayer. And they, or the Prophet ﷺ, used to offer the Fajr prayer when it's still dark, at Ghalas time. The Ghalas again. Okay? The narrator is Jabir ibn Abdullah, radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, and his biography was given uh, during the discussion of hadith number 35. And in this hadith, the subject of this hadith is the explanation as to when the Prophet ﷺ used to offer the five daily uh, prayers. So, hadith Jabir, this hadith, Jabir radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, tells about the timing timing of the prescribed prayers which the Prophet ﷺ used to pray so as to make it clear for people the commencement of these times and the reason that he made this clear because the Hajjaj when he came to Medina uh, in the year uh, 74 as the person in authority over Medina assigned by Abdul Malik bin Marwan he began to delay the timings of Salah so people asked Jabir about the Salah of the Prophet and so he explained to them that he used to pray the Salat of Dhuhr right after the Zenith in the middle of the day after the zenith right after the zenith and that the asr before the before the brightness of the sun changes and that he used to pray the maghrib at the sunset at sunset at its stated time and praise the Fajr uh, during Ghalas Ghalas, we know how the meaning of Ghalas before the the brightness of the day dissipates where it is still dark all of these prayers the Prophet ﷺ would uh, begin them at it early at their early times except the Isha 
where he used to, sallallahu wasallam, give consideration to the congregation. Once he sees that the congregation are are present or is present, he would hasten to perform the Isha uh, prayer. He would pray it earlier and so that so that there can be no difficulty and hardship upon them. And if he would see that they were delayed, the people were delayed, then he would delay the prayer. Because delaying the Isha is more beloved to him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, as we will come to know. So from the benefits of this hadith, first, that the permissibility to do the Salah in their early times, except the Isha, And from this we know that the Prophet ﷺ used to give consideration to the status of the believers. And he would pray earlier, the Isha, if they gather, although he would love to delay it. And if he would see that they were delayed, he would delay the prayer also in consideration to them and also because of the merit of delaying it. The second benefit is the good care of the Prophet ﷺ concerning his ummah and that the imam or the leader should do that which the benefits entail that which is entailed as a benefit or do that which brings benefit as long as there is no opposition to the sharia like doing something haram or abandoning an obligation and from this we conclude another benefit is that the Imam should also be considerate regarding the affairs of the people in terms of delaying or praying early, especially in Salat al-Isha, especially in Salat al-Isha. Should also we make analogy to other prayers, meaning if we see people delayed in that where the sunnah is to make early should we delay the answer is yes because the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam hastened that whose sunnah is to delay in consideration 
to the situation of people. And wherefore we can delay that which is a sunnah to to make it early. And there is no difference. Like for example, if there is a masjid in a in a building or in an area where there are people employed busy with their works and they will all be done with their works at the end of the time should we say here that delaying the salah to consider their gathering or shouldn't we the answer is we should if this is easier for them and less of a hardship upon them but if this is easier for the lazy and that the active ones like to make it early then there is no consideration to the lazy ones from this also we conclude from this hadith that the person may be excused for the delay as long as he does not fear the end of time of the prescribed prayer because the Sahaba may Allah be pleased with all of them used to pray early or delay in accordance with the conditions because there could be rain or darkness or wind which necessitates the delay and from the benefits of this hadith is the sunnah is to pray the salat al-fajr early because in the hadith and that he prayed that in while it was still dark in ghalas should one also differentiate between the time with, between uh, winter and summer in regard to praying the Fajr early or not? Ghalas. Ghalas is spelled like this. Should one also differentiate, therefore, between winter and summer time in regard to praying Fajr early or not? Some are with the opinion that yes, delaying the Salat al-Fajr during the summer because people uh, don't sleep uh, except a few hours during the night, and that one should 
pray the Salat al-Fajr earlier in the winter because people sleep longer to hours and they come active to the masjid. So if the Imam sees their benefit therein, then he may do so. He may make this differentiation. If the Imam sees a benefit, then he may conclude this differentiation and practice it. Now, how can how can one respond to the hadith, on the other hand, in Surah Abi Dawood, which is taken by some as a proof to delay the Fajr time until the daylight is dominant they took we, uh, this means this hadith the hadith in Surah Abi Dawood their evidence أَسْفِرُوا بِالْفَجْرِ فَإِنَّهُ أَعْظَمُ لِأُجُورِكُمْ Offer the Fajr prayer. Asfiru. We'll use this term and see what it means. Asfiru. Make as far. They took, and that most, the, the, at the end of the hadith is, or the rest of the hadith, most productive of rewards to you is this, is this time. So this, they said that this means to delay the Fajr until the light is dominant. However, this is responded to from two angles. First, that this means to be sure that the break of the dawn has occurred that the term asfiru here refers to affirming the break of the dawn to make sure that the break of the dawn has occurred or the other meaning is is to lengthen the recitation in salah for it is recommended and if they do so, then people will not leave the Salah until it's far time, until the daylight predominates because of the lengthening of the recitation. And in this way, the narrations on making the Salah early at Fajr, for Fajr, in the earlier Fajr period, and this Hadith recons and there should be no problem now if in some communities the imam still takes by this latter hadith of Sunan Abi Dawood and they pray during the isfar time when the predominance of the 
daylight, then in this case you pray with them, and don't take this as an excuse to pray at home and leave the jama'ah. This is the hadith of Jabr. From the benefits of this hadith is that the Prophet ﷺ used also to pay, offer the Salat al-Asr at its early time and this is the Sunnah because he described the sun to be bright in the text in another narration the narration by Abdullah bin Amr as in Sahih Muslim volume 1 hadith 1275 which is another famous hadith for the prescribed times of Salah hadith Abdullah bin Amr may Allah be pleased with both of them that the Prophet said that the time of noon prayer is when the sun passes the meridian إِذَا زَالَتِ الشَّمْسُ وَكَانَ ظِلُّ الرَّجُلِ كَطُولِهِ and a man's shadow is the same length as his height and it lasts meaning the noon as long as the time for the afternoon prayer has not come and then he said وَوَقْتُ صَلَاةُ الْعَصْرِ and the time of the Asr prayer, the evening prayer is as long as the oh, I'm sorry and the time for the afternoon prayer, the Asr is as long as the sun has not become pale and then وَوَقْتُ صَلَاةِ الْمَغْرِبِ and as to the time of the evening prayer is as long as the twilight has not ended. وَوَقْتُ صَلَاةِ الْعِشَاءِ And that the time for the Aisha prayer is as long as up to the rather, up to the middle of the average night. And then وَوَقْتُ صَلَاةِ الصُّبْحِ From the, the time of the morning prayer is from the appearance of dawn as long as the sun has not risen. So these are, this is another narration, a famous one on the prescribed times of Salah. So here he mentioned concerning the Asr prayer that the time of the afternoon prayer is as long as the sun has not come, has not become pale. And the time of the afternoon, he said, begins from the end of the whole time. And thus there is no common time between the Dhuhr and Asr. 
and then he said it continues as long as the sun has not become pale. And this is known that the sun is bright, but when it moves towards sun, towards setting, it became it, it turns pale. And then in another narration in Sayyid al-Bukhari and Muslim concerning Al-Asr that anyone who catches a raka'ah from Asr before the sun sets he's able to perform one raka'ah before the sun sets then he has met the Asr then he has met the Asr from this we conclude that there are two times for Asr, two times between parentheses, a time of the choice, and that is, which, and that which extends from the end of Dhuhr until the sun turns pale. And then the other time is the time of necessity. From this time when it turns pale until the sun sets until the sun sets so this is concerning the Asr and with respect to the Maghrib there are important benefits regarding the understanding of this timing He said in this hadith that the timing, the entrance of the time of Maghrib, is when the sun sets, and as long as the twilight has not ended, as long as the twilight has not ended, And this is referred to the red twilight, which is the, the light which follows the the sun in its setting. As long as this redness continues, then the time of Maghrib is is not over yet and when this redness disappears then the time is over and the Isha time begins so therefore from this we conclude that the time of Maghrib is not as thought by some people that it is very restricted, limited, but as you can tell now, it extends from sunset until the disappearance of the red twilight.
where the sun, where the Isha' time begins, when the Isha' time begins. And that the Isha' time begins from this setting of the twilight, red light, until the middle of the average night, or the middle of the night, in general, it is okay to say that. As to the saying of some of the scholars, that the Isha has two times, a time of necessity and a time of the choice, and that the time of the choice is to the middle of the night, and that the time of necessity extends to the dawn time, or the dawn break. These scholars took as proof the saying of the Prophet ﷺ, which is reported in Sahih Muslim, لَيْسَ فِي النَّوْمِ تَفْرِيد There is no negligence in sleeping. Rather, the negligence is in the one who delays the Salah until the time of the next Salah commences. This hadith, however, is, as you can tell, is mujmal, is general. And it is explained as in the sunnah. So this is the first response. This is general. And it is particularized and explained in the sunnah as to the actual timings in clarity. Similarly, their use of this hadith as the proof itself is a proof against their conclusion when they said that the time of Fajr is separate from the time of Dhuhr. In this case, therefore, they didn't take by the generality of this hadith. This ikhtilaf, this difference of opinion has its consequences. Take, for example, if a woman, a menstruating woman, became pure after the middle of the night. So according to the preponderating, opin preponderating opinion, that the Aisha time is until the middle of the night. Therefore, it is not incumbent upon her to pray Salat al-Aisha because she became pure after the middle of the night, after the Aisha time, according to this preponderating opinion. And in accordance with the other opinion, it is binding upon her because the time of Aisha 
which they consider the time of necessity, it's still there. You understand? You understand the, that this difference has its consequences with respect to certain rulings. So the preponderating opinion is explicitly stated in this hadith of Abdullah bin Amr when he said the time of Isha is until the middle of the night. And this particularizes the general hadith which we mentioned earlier. Concerning the one who delays the salah as being the negligent one. So therefore, therefore, the timing, the prescribed times are five. All of them are connected except one, and that is the fajr. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pointed to this in Surah Al-Isra 78. Verse 78, 1778. Qala Allah Ta'ala, Aqim one time. The Loki Shams refers to the Zawal, Zawal, when the sun passes the meridian, the Zawal. How to know that, how to know the Zawal, how to recognize the Zawal? The Zawal is the declining of the sun from the meridian. This is the definition. That is because when the sun rises, then an erect object will have a shade in the direction of the west. This shade will continue to decrease in a degree proportional to the rise of the sun in the horizon until it stops diminishing at one point until the shade stops from diminishing at one point then if it increases after its stop, even by the width of a single hair, then this is the zawal. Then this is the beginning of the zawal. This is the beginning of dhuhr. As to calculating it by hours, then you divide the time between sunrise 
until sunset. This will be the zawal. So, assume that the sun rises at 6 a.m. and sets at 6. So, the zawal is 12. The zawal is 12. This is the meridian. It's 12. And if the sun rises at 7 a.m. and sets at 7 p.m., then the zawal will be at 1 o'clock, which would be 1 p.m. according to the hour, to the clock. So, in conclusion here, the times of Salah were generally indicated by the Qur'an. So he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this previous verse, أَقْنِ الصَّلَاةَ لِدُلُوكِ الشَّمْسِ إِلَىٰ غَسَقِ اللَّيْلِ established the Salah from the midday till the darkness of the night and when he said till the darkness of the night this means when the darkness is finished is completed and this occurs at the middle of the night because this is when the sun is in its farthest position from the earth this is as indicated generally by the Quran and the Sunnah in details. And the Sunnah in details. And the Prophet ﷺ, the Prophet ﷺ estimated it in these ways. Because at his time, there were no clocks. Now, in our times, we can estimate it by that. that the time of Dhuhr is the middle between the sunrise time until sunset. And the time for Fajr is from the day break until the sun rises. And this is almost 90 minutes it may increase and decrease also from sunset until the disappearance of the red twilight is also 90 minutes plus or minus however this increase and decrease in the Salat al-Fajr is unrelated to the increase and decrease in Salat al-Maghrib time. Because in fact the period between sun, between daybreak until sunrise may become longer, longer and it may diminish 
with that time, it may diminish with respect to the, or let's say it may be less between sun setting until the disappearance of the twilight. And they may be equal. And they may even, one of them, increase the other. Be more than the other. And with respect to the Dhuhr and Asr, some people say <coughs> that you divide the time between Zawal, between the meridian, and sunset into two. And you add to it twenty minutes. And this will be this will begin the sun the afternoon time. Our Shaykh Rahimahullah said I followed this and investigated it many times. And I found that it is not really coherent because the path of the sun differs during the sun, during the winter, as well as during the summer with respect to this winter and summer they differ nowadays alhamdulillah all of these times has been studied carefully and they came in details for a whole year calendar however one should be careful particularly with respect to the Fajr and try to determine this more accurately with respect to their communities because there could be some errors in some communities. We we'll move to the next hadith. And this hadith carries number 47. And Abil Minhal Sayyar ibn Salama Taqal narrated Abul Minhal Sayyar ibn Salama radiallahu ta'ala anhuma. He said, Dakhaltu ana wa abi ala abi barzat al aslami. رضي الله عنه. My father and I went to Abu Barza al-Maslami and my father said to him كيف كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يصلي المكتوبة Tell us how Allah's Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم used to offer the compulsory congregational prayers He said كان يصلي الهجيرة التي تدعونها الأولى حين تضحض الشمس He used to pray the Dhuhr prayer which you call the first prayer, as the sun declined at noon. وَيُصَلِّ الْعَصْرَ ثُمَّ يَرْجِعُ أَحَدُنَا إِلَى رَحْلِهِ مِنْ أَقْصَى الْمَدِينَةِ وَالشَّمْسُ حَيَّةِ And the Asr at a time when one of us could go to his family, 
at the father's place in Medina while the sun was still hot. ونسيت ما قال في المغرب. The narrator forgot what Abu Zarah had said about the Maghrib. وكان يستحب أن يؤخر من العشاء التي تدعونها العتمة. And he صلى الله عليه وسلم used to return prefer to pray the Isha late. وكان يستحب أن يؤخر من العشاء التي تدعونها العتمة وكان يكره النوم قبلها والحديث بعدها. And he used to dislike to sleep before it, before the Isha, or talk after it. وكان ينفتل من الصلاة من صلاة الغداة حين يعرف الرجل جليسه وكان يقرأ بالستين إلى المئة. And he used to return after finishing the morning prayer at such a time when it was possible for one to recognize the person sitting by his side and he the Prophet ﷺ used to recite 60 to 100 verses of the Qur'an in it. And he <coughs> used to return after finishing the morning prayer at such a time when it was possible for one to recognize the person sitting by his side and he the Prophet ﷺ used to recite 60 to 100 verses of the Qur'an in it. The narrators Abu al-Minhal Sayyar bin Salama al-Riyahi al-Basri rahimahullah trustworthy from the Tabi'een from the successors to the companions. He died in the year 129 after Hijrah Rahimahullah And Abu Barza Nadla bin Ubaid Abu Ibn Abdullah al-Aslami Radiyallahu anhu Is a companion Who accepted Islam And attended The Conquest of Khaybar And Mecca And At-Ta'if And he was the one who killed Ibn Khattal. One who killed Ibn Khattal during the opening of Mecca while Ibn Khattal was clinging to the curtains of the Kaaba as the Prophet ﷺ commanded him. Where he, this man, Ibn Khattal, used to insult the Prophet ﷺ. He was known for that. He, this companion, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Abu Barza, dwelled in Al-Basra later, and then he moved to Khurasan in the east, and then attended the fight against the dissident of the Khawarij in the Ahwaz. And then he died in the city of Maru in the year 65 after Hijrah. <coughs> this hadith again tells 
of the times in which the Prophet ﷺ performed the Salah, the five compulsory prayers. The overall explanation of this, the overall explanation of this hadith. لتابعون كان التابعون رحمهم الله the successors of the companions to the companions used to ask as to the times of salah as done by the Prophet عليه الصلاة والسلام and maybe this was a due This maybe was due to some, due to the reason that some of the leaders then used to delay the Salah from its prescribed times. And in this hadith, the question to Abi Barza al-Aslami radiallahu ta'ala anhu came from Sulam al-Riyahi, one of the successors, asking the companion concerning the Prophet's times. So he explained to him the timing. And we explained much of this earlier. So we'll focus on the things which are different in this hadith. From this he mentioned that concerning Salat al-Asr. Concerning Salat al-Asr, the Asr at a time when one of us could go to his family at the farthest place in Medina while the sun was still hot. And another narration, bright. and high in the sky. This indicates the early performance of Salat al-Asr. And that he, the Prophet sallallahu he used to like or love to delay the Isha until its latter time. such that he would be done with Isha before the middle of the night. The more he delayed, the more this was beloved to the Prophet ﷺ. In fact, one night he came out and he found that people already went to sleep, women and children. And he said, and when most of the night had gone, he said, إِنَّهُ إِنَّهُ لَوَقْتُهَا This is its time. Meaning, its best time. لَوْلَا أَنْ أَشُقَّ عَلَىٰ أُمَّتِي But I am afraid that this will make it hard on my ummah. And this is very clear proof that 
the best is to delay the Isha. So therefore, if people are in Jama'ah, in congregation, in some place, and traveling, say, and we know that we are not going to go to sleep early, then in this case it is better for us to delay the Salah for Aisha. And from this is the Salah of women in their homes. It is better for them to delay it till before the end of its time. Because this is the thing which was the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ and it, is, it was beloved to him. But however also still the Prophet ﷺ was considerate of the people's situations as discussed earlier. If he would find the jama'ah already in congregation, he would make it early. And if the people delayed, he would delay it. And that he ﷺ used to dislike sleeping before Salat al-Aisha because if the person goes to sleep then either then in the case his his sleep is deep then he will miss the Isha or otherwise he will be worried unable to sleep properly so if he is told to wake up for salah his situation will not be that which would bring tranquility he would be lazy doesn't even know what to say what he says in the salah and that's why the Prophet used to dislike sleeping before the Isha is this dislike a legal dislike or is it just a self dislike it's possible to be either way however if we look at the causes it becomes preponderant that it is a legal dislike But suppose in a case, a person may be tired during the day. And if he sleeps for one hour between Maghrib and Aisha, and he becomes active, restores some of his activity, in this case, the sleep with respect to such a situation is not disliked. Because he intends from this sleep to gain strength to perform the worship and to come up front to it with motivation. And this occurs a lot with many people. Then he, sallallahu also disliked to talk after Aisha. Dislike, not forbid. Why? Because sitting and talking after Aisha 
necessitates delaying going to sleep and this also overall may lead the person to miss the night prayer and possibly Salat al-Fajr so he وسلم, used this to dislike talking even permissible talk certainly if the talk is haram then it is haram to sit and talk and unfortunately this is what is done by many people in our times they stay late after Isha doing haram things some sitting in circles dominated by ghiba by backbiting and some in places of in places where haram practices are done night clubs sitting listening to music sitting clinging to TV screens changing from one station to another following movies and soap operas and you name it all of this necessitates that he may start imitating the behavior of some of these actors much of that now is present in most of the Muslim societies people spend this precious time of the night doing these things which could only bring harm upon themselves in addition sleeping in the during the early part of the night by agreement amongst the health professionals it is better for the body from the sleep during the latter part of the night the scholars rahimahumullah excluded certain things from this some social light talk with family or with guests and there is no harm in that because this is affirmed by the Sunnah and similarly it is the case regarding cases of knowledge matters of knowledge and there is no harm for in fact Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu used to stay at night 
to memorize the narrations from the Prophet and that's why the Prophet commanded him to make witr before he goes to bed before he sleeps so therefore if there is a benefit like entertaining a guest or socializing with people family and children or knowledge which is beneficial to people then this is not makro this is not disliked and it takes the ruling therefore in relation to the benefits which may be gained as to Salat al-Fajr here he mentioned as to Salat al-Fajr in the hadith he mentioned وَكَانَ يَنْتَفِلُ مِنْ صَلَاةِ الْغَدَاتِ حِينَ يَعْرِفُ الرَّجُلُ جَلِيسَهُ and he used to return after finishing the morning prayer at such a time when it was possible for one to recognize the person sitting by his side and used to recite 60 to 100 verses of the Quran in it meaning the person who is near to you this indicates that he is able to recognize him because of the dawn light and this indicates that the Prophet ﷺ used to begin his Salat al-Fajr early and he used to recite 60 to 100 verses these estimates the companions informed us of these estimates because they didn't have clocks and they didn't have all these lights in the masajid so they resorted to these estimations and there is no doubt that this is to bring the thing closer to the understanding otherwise it is known that recognizing a person close to you differs with regard to the intensity of sight of a person and the clarity of the environment around you and other other causes however it is known therefore from this that the issue with the, the companions is that they were simple not deeply complicated they mentioned things to bring closer understanding so here they mentioned that they estimated 60 to 100 verses and people differ in terms of their recitations also the verses may differ some verses are shorter than others so what would be the criteria the criteria is to take the middle course and if we take by the line in this case as a criteria then the line would be the middle course and in the recitation we take the middle between the one who recites quickly 
and the one who recites slowly. And that the recitation of 60 to 100 verses by the, by the Prophet ﷺ, this is overall. Not all the time. And this does not contradict the saying of the Prophet ﷺ, if anyone of you leads the people in prayer, then let him lighten the salah. The criteria here for lightning is the sunnah. Is the sunnah. So anything which agrees with the sunnah, it is light and it is the perfect. And therefore one should not abandon the sunnah because of the boredom of some followers in salah. On the other hand, it is not binding to recite the hundred. Another benefit from this 60 to 100 verses, this indicates that the sunnah in the recitation of Fajr is to lengthen it. This, inshallah ta'ala, is the last point of benefit regarding the explanation of these hadith. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it a benefit and understood and applied correctly by myself and for all those who listen. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the most high reward you abundantly for your attentive stay. and make our actions sincere for his face subhanahu wa ta'ala and make us from those who hasten to apply and revive the sunnah in themselves and in those around them walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam